All right, welcome back, beautiful people. I'm Dr. John Lakey, and this is Forever Young. And I'm Dr. Payman Daniel Poor. Today, we are very excited. We have a special guest for you. But first, I want to thank you, listeners, for all of the feedback that you've given us, uh, you know, all the questions that you've sent. They really help us define and build our podcast. But today, I think, is going to be very interesting because our guest, Nusha Salimi, is probably one of the best humans that we know, who happens to be a very artistic nurse injector and has a, you know, a a-list packed uh, celebrity clientele and today we're going to talk about multiple different things on a holistic or multifactorial approach to aesthetics so Nusha thank you so much for being here thank you guys so much for having me on it has been such a pleasure working with you both for now it's isn't it it's kind of been five years now yeah I was gonna say five years a and little over five years how did we how did we originally meet so we actually, when I was working in New York, I had a practice that was pretty busy for a little over uh, eight years in New York, and I worked on the Upper East Side with doctors like Dr. Baker, Dr. Stephen oh, Levine. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And they spoke so highly of both of you, and I remember I had was making the transition from coming from New York to LA, and I was pregnant, and I had had so many recommendations that I needed to meet both of you. And I remember just texting you one day, and I was like, can I come meet you and see your <laughs> office? And you were just rebuilding yes. your new space, which was like in the process of becoming this beautiful surgical center. And I was so excited to have the opportunity to come on board and work with you guys. Yes, we are very lucky. I think the synergy works really nicely yeah. um, because we have the same approach to what we think how, and and how we think beauty has, has should be um, for from our standpoint. And we're going to have you kind of go over how you do it and, and how you take each patient individually and treat them in a kind of an Eastern and Western way. Um, Nusha is a nurse. Uh, she does injectables and she does Reiki and I'm gonna have you kind of tell our audience what you do and your history on how you started doing injectables and how you started doing more cosmetic medicine because mm-hmm. um, you know most people that do this they, they become a nurse first and they don't go directly into doing cosmetics yeah. so give us uh, a little history on how you got to where you are and I wanted to take give you some props by the way you know Pay and I have been doing this for almost 14 years, and we're pretty proud of our celebrity clientele. But a lot of times when I see you come into the office, we see a star-studded couch. And, you know, obviously because of HIPAA, we can't say all of them, but there are several celebrities that post all the time for you. You know, Miranda Kerr's. Uh, you know, we see the Frida Pintos, you know, these are, are, you know, big time, Lily Aldridge, these are big time, uh, celebs and obviously they trust you. So go ahead, bring us through that history, how you got there. And, uh, and the great thing is if you look at those people's faces, they look like they've had nothing done, Mm -hmm. but if you look at them over the years, they have maintained their youth and they've maintained their glow. And that's, Really, you're responsible for that. Uh, so when people see that and they say, wow, how does that celebrity look so great, but doesn't look very different, doesn't look very done, hey, reju- rejuvenate with Nusha. Thank you, guys. I think a lot of that comes down to like, what is your perception of beauty and how do you, how do you want your clientele to look and how do they, you want them to represent you? And Amen. for me, so much of that has been about how can we give a patient a look that, 
it just enhances what they already are given by the grace of you know whatever it is. So I think for me, it's been so important because I've seen things go wrong with fillers. I've seen things go wrong with Botox and people change the way that they look and it actually makes them look older. So a priority for me has been really just enhancing what people already have. And, um, and it becomes with an understanding of what that person's expectations are. So when I meet any of my clients, I'm like, what do you believe beauty is? And they need to understand that my definition of beauty is a natural, moving, uh, expression-filled face. Um, so I think that's kind of something that it's really important to me. And yeah, yeah. listen, that's where we synergize because yeah. I, you know, Pay and I have always said uh, less is more. And yeah. it's interesting because we trained in New York. You started in New York. Mm -hmm. And I think in New York, plastic surgery is a little more subtle, cosmetics, as opposed to Miami or LA. Yeah. And um, each one has a distinct you know, pattern of what beauty is defined as. And I think that New York is a more subtle, elegant, um, where it keeps people guessing. Whereas in Miami, everyone wants you to know they've had it done. Mm -hmm. LA is a little more in your face. And so we subscribe to the same philosophy. You know, tell us a little bit about how you got into cosmetics. Yeah. And then I kind of wanted you to talk about, because I know you also do Reiki, and this is really where that holistic approach meets westernized medicine, um, how you've incorporated that into your practice. So I actually knew I wanted to be a nurse from a really young age. So I was working in a mental institution as a volunteer at the age of 15. So I was really intrigued with the mental health. So... At this particular facility, I was working with a population who was uh, unable to even express themselves in any way. So when they were having meltdowns or moments where it was just they couldn't really control their feelings or their behaviors, I was doing calming techniques mm -hmm. that we were taught there. Um, and it wasn't necessarily called Reiki. But looking back, I realized that when those patients would get to that place of calm and kind of come out of the episode of whatever they were going through, was, it was a form of energy work. It was a form of stabilizing the nervous system. And um, I was fascinated in that. And so basically, became a nurse early on. I started off as a licensed nurse. Then I went on to school and became a registered nurse um, in New York. And at the time, it was during the recession. And there was no jobs at the mental uh, facilities in New York City. And I had moved down there. And I was like, OK, what am I going to do? And then a friend of mine at the time worked in finance. And I'm like, you have to go meet the surgeon I know. And at that time, I was only 20 years old. So I went for this interview with this incredible office on the Upper East Side. And here I am from a small town in upstate New York and have no idea what any of these things are. And I go in the office and it's kind of like cheetah and like it was just <laughs> over the top, over the top in the, right across the street from the Met in, in the Upper East Side. And I go in there and I'm like, where am I? I'm seeing pictures of a doctor in scrubs in the front of magazines plastered on the wall. And I'm like, OK. And I go and I sit down with this man and um, he's like, so do you know what Botox is? And I was like, uh, no. And I truly didn't know even anything around the cosmetic world at all, but I had done rotations in the operating room mm -hmm. during nursing school. So basically, Dr. Gerald Imber, who um, was one of the pioneers of facelifts, and he worked with Dr. Baker, and he kind of brought me in and really um, showed me the ropes in what the cosmetic world looked like. And I realized that there was a thread with the mental health and cosmetics at that early time. And basically, I was wanting to do um, 
you know, express myself through art and through all of and through mental health and through therapy and through things like that with the clients. And basically, I found that thread between doing cosmetics and the um, mental health and therapy through that. And and you know, just to add to that, just for those of you who don't know, Dan Baker is arguably one of the leading facelift experts in the world, who has taught so many individuals. Um, and so very reputable plastic surgeon. So this is a serendipitous meeting. It was just by we, chance. You know, yeah. just by chance you come in and you happen to meet one of the top stars yeah. and talk about a launch of a career. Yeah. So I just, it was like the right timing, the right moment. And then I, um, <clears throat> I was definitely determined. I was, I've always been that way. Like I wanted to become the best in what I was doing, whatever it was. Um, so I was taking courses, doing Botox and doing fillers, and I'd have friends come in, and then I realized, I'm like, oh, they can look really great just with a small little bit of refreshing, mm -hmm. whether it's just like slightly like helping a little bit of a fine line or you know just enhancing the cheeks with a little bit of filler, and they, um, and I really just found that I, I loved seeing people feel and look better, and mm. that was like the that was like kind of like the little hit I would get. I was like, oh, people were happy, and like that's what I I thrive off of. Love it, and then uh, you know, thank God uh, you ended up moving coasts. We met you, and the interesting part is as as I notice you inject because I've had you you know inject me before and uh, my wife, and uh, the interesting part is that. You know, I definitely agree with the less is more philosophy. And, you know, I see how conservative you are. Mm -hmm. And I think we're on the same page when we say, I would rather have you come back two or three times to inject a particular area than to load up the face with a filler or something like that where it can look strange or product movement occurs. Um, you know, tell me. Tell me your approach. I think you kind of go by section or uh, something like that. Let's say, you know, let's say we're an average person that comes in, not just an A-list celeb, but an average person that comes in. How do you evaluate and, and come up with a treatment plan? Yeah, so when I first meet any of my clients, I always tell them that it's more of like a journey we're going on. It's not just a one-stop. You're getting your standard Botox treatment or your standard filler treatment. You're going to have first always a Botox treatment with me and I'll do a kind of a sprinkling of Botox all over the face. So I don't do the standard treatment in the glabella, which is the lines between the forehead um, or between the eyebrows. Um, I do a smaller amount because I want to see what their muscle threshold is mm -hmm. where I can get that like sweet spot where they can still have a little bit of that movement in the eyebrows. So sure, because many of our patients are actors yeah. and the idea is they want movement, but they just want to look refreshed. Yeah. It's a fine, fine line there. A totally fine line. And it's funny, like the clients that I tend to attract now, like it took me some years for like weeding through that, but all the clients who I attract now are people who really, it's really important to them to have that natural look where they can still have movement. Mm -hmm. So because if they done, they wouldn't come to you Yeah. because you're not going to put five syringes in them. And, you yeah, know, so they wouldn't be happy. The people who, there are people who enjoy the look of being, you know, frozen. super filled and frozen. <laughs> and I respect you know, I, everyone has their own their own definition of what is beautiful to them. So I think um, it's just interesting to see like the people that I now attract are. It's really important to them to have the movement. So my approach is going in, doing a, almost like half of what the standard dose is. Mm -hmm. So I'll do a half, a little bit in the eyebrow, between the eyebrows, a half around the eyes. I always add a little bit around the neck because I love that for preventative aging, for the 
turkey neck as we get older. Um, and then usually seven to 10 days later, they'll come for a follow-up. I'll see what's lifted from the Botox, and that's when I will do the, the filler. Uh, and filler is it. the hyaluronic acid. I'd only, I only use hyaluronic acid, so mm -hmm. I don't use Sculpture. I don't use um, any of the radiast or anything like that, just because like, I'm at a place in my life now where I want everything to be super simple. Mm -hmm. and, very and, and very safe. Very safe, yeah. Because like what she's saying is using the hyaluronic acid fillers, a lot safer, because if you don't like it, you can always dissolve it. Yes. Whereas some of the other things like Sculptra and Radius, you can't dissolve. Um, and that's something important to, to, for, for our listeners is just because someone can inject something in your face doesn't mean it's safe. Yeah. And practitioners are, are very different and we're lucky enough to have been injected by you. You know, I, I get Botox from you. Um, haven't had fillers yet, but uh, it's, if I was going to describe how you go about it, I would say there is a very calm and gentleness about you um, that makes just about anyone who's sitting in that chair very relaxed. For someone who's never had it done, to have needles put in their face is sometimes very scary. Mm -hmm. um, but, and they don't quite understand how much it can really help with their confidence, with their look, um, whether it's in, in film or whether it's just in everyday life, because it can make, make people look a lot better, but look the best version of themselves. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, every time I've sat in your chair, I've been confident and comfortable enough where I'm just like, yeah, whatever you think, do. And, you know, I think it's the same with John or, or, or myself, hopefully, uh, that people are very comfortable and they trust you. And all I'm trying to say is you have that trust and, and, and people have that trust in you, which is sometimes very, very hard to get, especially with some of the A-list celebrities, supermodels that come in to see you. Um, and I think a lot of that is just your energy. Don't go anywhere. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after this break. Well, I think that, like, it's just having the confidence, which now, like, I've, I've gained that confidence over the years of just trial and error and just seeing, like, what is working and what looks amazing. And, um, and I think it comes down to that really slow approach to it doing... It also helps the way you look. Because if I came in to see someone and they were very overdone, mm -hmm. um, which unfortunately a lot of the nurse practitioners, and don't take this the wrong way, but that's just, I see it on Instagram, some of them are very overdone. Um, and if I was coming in, it would a little be a little scary to me because I'd think you were gonna do the same thing to me. Yeah. But when I look at you, you look very natural. It doesn't look like you've had anything done. Mm -hmm. you, you're naturally be beautiful and it helps with really nice skin. You know, and this is what someone who comes in to have any type of cosmetic procedure, it's like going, I always say the same thing, but it's like going to get a haircut from someone who's bald. They don't know, <laughs> they don't know what, how hair works. But I mean, for me, like what I'm always, I'm doing little micro drops of Botox on my face every three to four months. And then I use, I, I'm now using Natalie at your office for doing all of my like amazing hydrofacials and the lasers. Perfect. And those things are like so important for skin maintenance. And that's what a lot of my clients are coming in and asking like, how do I maintain myself? Mm -hmm. And like, I think that a lot of people just think, oh, it's just the Botox, it's just the filler. It's like, no, it's like this like body we are living in, it is full on maintenance. After, especially after 30, it's like, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. gosh, like if we want to like look and feel our best, it's maintenance. So you use a multimodal approach, yeah. which is injectables, skincare from just regular products, like whether it's Beverly Hills MD or whatever else you're using, and then actual lasers, um, microneedling, Morpheus, yeah. to, to really have multiple different ways to maintain your youth. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also like the thing to really explain to 
patience is like the, the truth of it is if you really want to look and feel your best, it is not just a one time thing. It is a full spectrum of things, starting with your skincare, mm -hmm. starting with your maintenance, starting with like doing the injections and the fillers and the lasers. But you know, a lot of it does come down to skincare too. I'm, and I think like I'm always telling you, like, use a great exfoliator, like something granular, use a great retinol, like use all those things and it's going to help maintain things because no matter what the second we after 30 like each day we're just aging definitely yeah i mean we have, we've said this stat over and over after you may imagine this for all the listeners after age 18 you lose one percent per year of collagen so unless you take the right supplements i mean i feel like i look better now than i did when i was 25 yeah like i just feel it i feel maybe it's like well you like, probably take better care of yourself now knowing oh, in oh the God. industry yeah you know, the idea is we're trying to struggle to reclaim some of that youth. Yeah. And in doing so, you now you pay attention. I think as we age, there is a, a there is a beauty that comes with that. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea is we want to maintain the skin envelope. Yeah. So it, it looks fresh yeah. the entire time. You want to look your age, but you want to look really good for your age. Yeah. And, so. and I think another thing just to point out is like a lot of my clients, like what I like to give them is an opportunity to make, oh, everything, every step of the way is going to contribute to your anti-aging process. So like a lot of people ask me for referrals for nutritionists, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. trainers. Extremely important. Like all of those things are like just the different layers of like how are we doing this anti-aging process together. Yeah. And like I think that's like one of the big things that I, I really – love to do is like meet all of the best nutritionists all of the best trainers and all of the like best surgeons because there's also going to be a point where i can't do anything more and i'm not mm. going to tell someone to keep doing botox for an eyebrow lift if it's just actually not doing the right thing well you know you are great about that because the idea is you know the limits of what botox and fillers can do or we'll mm -hmm. say neurotoxins and fillers can do um and then you'll come grab us and say look i think we're at a point where a surgery or a surgical procedure or some type of procedure may help more mm -hmm. than what I'm doing. And that's, that's, uh, takes a lot of humility at that point yeah. to say, look, we've reached the end of my expertise. Now I'm going to hand it off to someone else. And, um, you know, we have to do the same thing as surgeons. The idea is someone comes in and they're clearly not ready for surgery, meaning they have to lose weight. That's when we have to say, let's send you to the nutritionist. Let's mm -hmm. send you to you know, the trainer so we can optimize your uh, health and ultimately get you into a position where now we can start using things that will benefit. Yeah. And that I think just circles back to this holistic approach. Mm -hmm. It's like where we can utilize all of the different practitioners in uh, different ways. So someone can just have a really beautiful natural aging process and it, we can say natural because like even if you're doing surgery, it's not, I don't believe that you're like not natural anymore. You're just kind of or if you're doing Botox and fillers, like you don't have to be unnatural. Like a lot of the clients who I take care of are like yogis and like people in this wellness world who've like created this whole, um, what's the word? Uh, you know, there's just stigma. Sure, stigma yeah, with sure. using any type of plastic surgery yeah, or. It's like it's so unfortunate because like then people are feeling like shamed around doing this. Like I like to also like empower women to not feel shame around wanting to, you know, improve themselves. Improve themselves. Yep. It's like we have this one little short life. Yes. And it's like, why can't we look and feel our best yeah. without being put all those like things on it? Absolutely. And, and it's, it's interesting what you're saying, though. I feel that when I sit in your chair. And it's not like I'll walk up to you and I'll say, hey, give me a little bit of Botox. Do you have five minutes? And you'll sit me down 
you'll calm me down. You're like, not everything needs to be in a rush. And then you'll say to me, how about a little peel for around your nose? <laughs> or, and it's interesting because it's, she's looking at everything. She's looking from at your face and saying, what else do you need than just a little Botox? And you'll do those extra little tweaks where when you leave, you just feel better about yourself. And that's what we all try to do. Um, that's really the goal of our profession mm -hmm. is really if we can to make people feel more confident, feel better about themselves, um, just when they look in the mirror or when people are, are, are with them. So yeah, I think you do a great job at that. The only thing you should do while you're doing it is possibly either sing or play the guitar. <laughs> so I want to slightly transition into that. Um, did you bring your guitar with you today? I did not bring my guitar. We should have had you do yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I, the idea Next is... Next time we should just do like a little three band. We'll, yeah. just like, we'll do a song about like the anti-aging world. I, I love it. I might, have, I might have jumped too fast if you had anything else to talk about. But um, Nusha is also a, a brilliant songwriter. Um, we're going to talk about that for a little bit, if that's Aww. okay. Because I've heard some of your songs. They're fantastic. She writes songs for shows, for, for a bunch of different pop stars. Um, and you've probably heard some of them. So it's not just a one-sided, hi, I'm a nurse, and I like to make people look better, but also feel better from, from listening to your lovely yeah, music. I agree. I mean, the interesting part is as we're all essentially artists, right? I mean, the idea is you, you surgically create something um, you know, we all have our outlets. Sometimes I like painting certain things and your outlet is, you know, in music. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's delve into that. Well, I think also just to circle back to when you're saying about being calm in the chair, it's like, I, that's when I like to use my Reiki, which I bring into the, into the music session. So what I love to do is get the person or the patient into that state of calmness and whether it's through breathing techniques or just taking a moment to meditate and clear the mind and clear the whole chakra system and when you're in that state of just being then you can actually receive what it is that your deeper layers of your subconscious want to receive in the music side of things so i'll do that with the with lyrically um, so for me it's just a form of expression to connect to your deepest self so when i sit with artists and i do meditation before we start to sing or i'm not singing i'm i, I sound like i'm howling to the wolves but <laughs> um but with the artists who are incredibly talented it's just amazing to see when someone is in that meditative state what actually pours through them and how they can express themselves and for me it's me being in the room and in that energy that is so fulfilling and um, to witness someone in this, their greatest expression in their, in their art is just so incredibly fulfilling. You think John and I should do that before surgery? I, th I thought you guys did that. <laughs> <laughs> I we mean, may have to start. We may have to yeah. start. I mean, I see how you guys dance before you put on your, your scrubs if yeah. you're scrubbing in. But I think you need to come in and do this Reiki to put us in that, uh, you know. Zen mode. Zen mode right before we start surgery. <laughs> the, you know, I'm expecting I, you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kind of want to circle back on that. I mean, um, you know, I don't want to make light of that because for you and your patients, I think it's really important as your approach. Um what do you do differently? So, you know, is it a combo energy, you know, injectable session or do you separate the two or how do you initiate Reiki with some of your patients? So I definitely, when I come to Beverly Hills to your office, I tend to separate it. I'm always though in my mind going into that place before I enter the room with a client, I am 
I zone in and I clear myself out so then I can go and give them my best self and really go in and just be like, okay, how can I best serve this person? And um, when I am doing the injections, I'm actually in my own head. I'm not saying it to most of my clients, but I am truly infusing my greatest energy into them so they can have the best result. Like that for me is my way of working because then I feel like, knock on wood, like I don't have any complications. And when I do, it makes me feel safe in your office. If I, if anything ever, I'm questioning anything, I can just run to be like, okay, the surgeons are here, the doctors are here. I can run and ask you guys, sure. um, which is so important to me. But yeah, I think for the energy-wise in your office, I'm I'm going into it. I'm doing my own rituals before I go in with each client. But uh, generally speaking, when it comes to like the deep energy work and Reiki sessions, I do them either at my home studio or I go to people's homes and we have a massage table and I'm doing a little bit of talk therapy with the client beforehand, and then I'll go through and do a, a light touch and energy movement on the client while we're in the home or in my studio. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's a, yeah, listen, I think we do need to incorporate more of that. You, you know every now and then there's the difficult patient that just sucks the life out of you, and uh, you're trying to do everything you can, bend over backwards, and you'll never make that person happy because they're probably not happy with themselves. Yeah. And that's where Send I think we need more. Yeah, listen, <laughs> not that we're dumping, but yeah. at the same time, we may need to transition those patients over to you. Well, one of the things I think is so interesting that I've noticed since I've been doing the meditation work with clients is something about when the muscles in the face are all completely relaxed whether you do like a a mindful meditation where you're just slowly shutting down the muscles of the forehead the corners of the eyes the cheeks the jaw releasing the jaw and the tongue when the person comes out of even a five minute meditation it is fascinating to me to see that your eyes are more bright you actually look more refreshed there is there is there's also something to it, it but yes. there's something to that yeah, I mean, it, it is truly amazing. I think Where it is it, anti-aging. Like I look, I, just this one, like I, I always think about a few of my yogi clients who are in their like, you know, late 40s now. They haven't been doing that much stuff, Botox and filler wise, but they look more youthful. And what is that? They're relaxed. They're more relaxed. That like peace. You said. Yeah. You know? Yeah, stress equals aging. I mean, it's just, that's, there are multiple studies that show that. And so... I think that inner peace definitely helps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, what it does on a molecular level, I'm not sure, but at the same time, we do know that certain disease processes reduce with mindful meditation. And so, um, I, I, you know, I agree with you. I think that's it, it definitely plays a part in uh, maintaining your youth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The interesting thing, you know, about injectables and fillers uh, for all the listeners is we always say the same thing. As you age, you draw a line right across the neck. And uh, I always say one of the two is going to suffer above or below that line. Mm -hmm. So if you are bigger and overweight, face looks better. But the problem is the body's slowly breaking down inside. And if you are in great shape below that line, chances are the face is going to age at a faster rate because you're losing some of the volume in the face. And that's where fillers come in when you can slowly maintain, stay in a great physical shape. I think that's, you know, that's the optimal uh, definition of beauty. You have maintained youth from neck down, and then we use a little adjunct for neck up. Totally. I love using filler for just kind of bringing back a little bit of volume loss because like what you're saying, if you're losing weight and you're fit in the, uh, on your body, there's always going to be something along the cheeks or the jawline that starts to kind of deflate. 
So I actually, a lot of my clients who are in that journey of weight loss or, you know, post baby, um, I'm always like, we can do tiny little micro injections of filler just to stimulate the collagen and keep that kind of bounce in the skin. That glow. Definitely. Um, question for you. I mean, this is something that all injectors deal with. I mean, there are some complications. We always look at, you know, potential of adding a little too much in certain areas or product migration. What do you, first of all, what do you generally do in those situations? Let's say you run into a nodule, you run into a slight bump or something like that because you're doing small amounts, or maybe you don't run into these issues because of the amounts you put in. But second, the question would be cannula or no cannula? Well, I think the first, to answer your first question about running into these issues, I'm really, I'm a very slow injector, as you guys know, and I think that that's saved me because I've treated thousands and thousands thousands of patients, and I've actually only truly had like one small complication, and it was because I had a smaller, smaller needle that I used, and that's usually when the ones that can kind of go into the vessels, and then luckily I knew what to do in that case, Mm -hmm. which is use hyaluronidase that can quickly dissolve the filler and and save yourself from a complication. Mm -hmm. But um, I think for uh, doing the aspiration of the filler, which is when I'm, and it's interesting because a lot of people always ask me, what am I doing with my thumb when I'm injecting the filler? It's me actually drawing a little bit of the filler back to just make sure I'm not in a vessel. Sure. Um, So, which is going to be something that can cause a bruise or a complication. So... Um, I think doing the small injections do avoid that because you're not putting pressure on vessels if you're putting in a big bolus of filler mm-hmm. or you know something like that. And then um, cannula or no cannula. I actually, I do really like cannula for certain areas. I think I have more control when I'm using just my needle. Sure. Um, I use a gauge that for me really works and I knock on wood have not had any you know complications that have ever cause me any loss of sleep at night love it yeah love it and uh, for and for the listeners that want to see nusha if they're in the los angeles area or sometimes even in the new york area um best way to get in touch with you would be you can look at my instagram at, re, at nurse nusha and uh we also have a website rejuvenatewithnusha.com and that's the best way to get in you touch you can always call our office because we can always um get right. in touch with her as well mm-hmm. she's uh, nusha's in our office twice a week which is the fun days for mm-hmm. us because we get to see her um but she also goes to new york not as much as she used to but she yeah. still does um, but i still have actually ganit who is a nurse that i work with she's actually taken over most of my practice in new york which has been great because she she trained with me from a really early age. She was like 19 as my assistant. And then wow. now it's been 10 years, my longest employee. Amazing. So for all you New Yorkers, um, give us a call there. Yeah, you've got yes. options. Uh, well, listen, thank you so much for being with us. I mean, I, I know that our listeners have learned a little something, um, especially about this holistic approach. Um, and, and really not to have any shame associated with having you know injectables or or neurotoxins or things like that because uh, the idea is you are slowly maintaining your youth i don't think we're tainting uh you know the the natural aspect i think that we're just trying to improve uh, and give yourself the ability to be the best you my my big take-home message with people that are looking for an injector is look at the person who's injecting you Um, Sometimes I think that's the best way to Mm -hmm. go. If you look at someone and they're very natural, they look like they've really had nothing done, but they look really good, it may be a way of saying, hey, um, 
she, this is the way she looks at beauty or he looks at beauty um, and he's going to actually do the same for me um, whereas if someone's really and, and it depends maybe you want a ton of filler and then you'll have a different approach to it but if you want that kind of very natural look um, but still look incredibly rejuvenated um, I think that's that's a good way to look at it any any pearls for our for our listeners before we sign off well, let's see I think um just be kind and gentle with yourselves and enjoy the anti-aging process. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know if that's it. a good pearl. I listen, not. I love it. I, I, it's, I, I, again, I, I hope all the listeners uh, learned something today. Thank you so much for your input and the questions that you send. Uh, you know, keep them coming. We love hearing back from you. So once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Daniel Port. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.